CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. Well, hello and welcome to Your Money and Your Life. I'm Mark Haywood alongside Don Cash. He is a CPA and CFP serving you at Donald W. Cash and Associates right off that Garden State Parkway exit 109 in Red Bank. You can find him online at donaldcash.com. Perhaps that's how you found your way to the podcast today there at donaldcash.com. number of other ways we'll be putting this podcast out, so be on the lookout. Podbean, Stitcher, things of that nature, iTunes, Apple Play, etc., And of course, if you'd like to reach out and call Don and his team at the office, you can reach out and give him a call at 1-800-664-1183. That's 1-800-664-1183. Don, hello and welcome into our first inaugural Your Money and Your Life podcast. How are you doing? Hey, Mark. Great. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. It's good to be with you. Now, Don, do you listen to any Johnny Cash? Are you a Johnny Cash guy? I I do from time to time. And, you know, not a big country western fan, but uh, you know, with the name Cash, it it comes up. I should have known, being the the Jersey man that you are. So I grew up in North Carolina, and down here or down in the South, of course, everybody loves Johnny Cash. Everybody knows Johnny Cash. Love listening to Folsom Prison Blues. I walk the line. A lot of good songs. And you might know this little tidbit. He was known as the Man in Black. I mean, he was so <laughs> smooth. And Don, I like to say on this podcast, we're going to help keep our listeners in the black, quite simply meaning profitable. We don't want you to go in the red. We want you to be smooth like Johnny Cash with your finances. How many folks do you think know what that means nowadays? You know what? The younger people, probably not too many. Either Um, of those references, as far as that goes. I know my, I tell my kids sometimes I sound like a broken record and they have no idea what I'm talking about. But you mentioned about that Johnny Cash line. You know, I can't tell you growing up, even here in New Jersey, where it's not a big country and Western area, how many people have asked me if I'm any relation. And of course, I'm not any relation to the country singer. However, my grandfather was perhaps the first musical Johnny Cash. He was born, you know, many decades before the Johnny that we all know. But he was a musician. He played the saxophone and clarinet and flute and started playing when he was, gosh, about 16 years old during World War One. And died at the ripe old age of 96. Wow. About uh, 20 years ago. Yeah. Could, could he still play as he aged? You know, he played up until he was 93. And f- unfortunately, he had a car accident that disabled him. But he was still out and about at 93. And um, and he was a very active guy. And I think that if he didn't have that car wreck, certainly he would have lived to be 100 years old. Oh, man, that's incredible. And there's a lesson to be learned from that. You're going to find as we do this podcast that retirement looks different today than it did a long time ago. It used to be you retired, you sipped sweet tea on your porch for a few years, and then, quite honestly, you kicked the bucket, right? These days, we're living longer, we're more active in retirement, and we want to help you accomplish your goals in retirement on the podcast. Don, why? Why don't you share a little bit about yourself and just why we're doing this? Well, personally, I'm a lifelong New Jersey resident. I grew up in a small town, Roselle, about 20 minutes outside of Newark. Um, married to my wife, Kathy, for over 25 years. It'll be 26 years this July. We have four kids, Carly, DJ, Nick, and Tori. The older two now are in college, and Nick and Tori are in 10th and 6th grade. So needless to say, we're a a busy family and uh, an active uh, couple raising these kids. 
professionally, I have a financial advisory practice in Red Bank, as you mentioned, and I help people plan for retirement as well as help those in retirement navigate all of the complexities of life as a retiree and things like asset protection, how to generate income, social security rules, Medicare, long-term care, taking advantage of the tax code, just to name a few things. And most folks I find that I work with simply want to feel good, that everything that needs to be done is being done in their life. And fortunately, I'm surrounded by a lot of really great people that uh, allow me to help my clients succeed in life. Yeah, I think it's cool. You take that true holistic or comprehensive approach to retirement planning. Of course, what we mean by that is that you're looking at all the different areas of your financial life. So many folks out there are really good at a particular area. Maybe they're you know, helpful when it comes to looking at stocks or you know, maybe they're a, a tax planning expert, but not many are able to kind of put that full picture of your finances together. And that's what we want to help you achieve in retirement. We want you to be able to look at all those details lying right there in front of you. And we want you to be able to work with someone who can explain them in a way that's easy for you to understand, which in part is why we're doing this podcast, right, Don? Absolutely. I mean, that's really the focus of the decision to go forward on this. You know, going back many years ago, you mentioned I'm a CPA. So I left the field of accounting, you know, quite a number of years ago to start my own practice in estate planning with a, a very specific focus on asset protection using long-term care insurance. And as time went on, that practice grew nicely. Many people would come to me and ask me for help with other financial issues related to retirement, investment, taxes, and things like that. And you know, as I mentioned, with that background as an accountant, I understood their concerns. And as I explored their situations further, asked questions, I noticed that many people had a, a stockbroker to handle their investments. They had a, a CPA that filed their taxes each April and and maybe even a lawyer that did a will that was done many years ago, but they lacked someone that could put all of the pieces together and make sense of it and put together what I would call a cohesive plan. So when I looked more closely, it was apparent that that many people that had the stockbrokers help them with this, what I call the accumulation phase of life, you know, typically from the point when they get married to about 55 or 60 years old, but they didn't have any idea really how to plan for the retirement and asset protection part of their life and how to manage risk and make sure that all the bases are covered. You know, at that point, I decided to expand the practice and cover these issues of life and help as many people as I could. So I went back to school at that point to be what they called a certified financial planner, a CFP. And fortunately, that combination of training as a CPA and a CFP allows me to help a lot of people with a variety of issues. So with the, the experience that I have, I mean, I've worked literally with people from the age of 25 to 100 years old, Mark. I've been blessed to be able to be exposed to many of the issues that people face in their life. And I've learned from my own experience as well as, you know, those of hundreds and hundreds of other people that have been really kind enough to pass on their life experience and lessons to me so I can help other people. 
Sure. I, I think you'll find as you listen to this podcast, we'll get into all sorts of these issues. We hope to share stories with you of clients who Don has been able to help along the way. We hope to get into some of the wacky and interesting scenarios and, of course, some of the more mundane things that everybody just has to deal with. And we'll hope you'll stick with us through all of those. And that's the beauty of a podcast, right? There is a podcast out there for every topic. I personally love podcasts. I came through school listening to This American Life, Radio Lab, some of those from NPR. My wife is a big fan of the Bachelor and Survivor podcast. So if you're into reality shows, there's one out there for you. And of course, now we're excited to be doing this financial podcast. What about you, Don? Do you listen to many podcasts out there? You know, over the past year or two, I've really become almost addicted, Mark, to these podcasts. A junkie. I am. I'll tell you, now with Bluetooth in the car and with the wireless headphones, I find myself at the gym or taking a walk or particularly driving. If I have a long drive, I turn on a, a podcast and it's really I think, revolutionized the way I listen. I really don't listen to the radio per se anymore. I listen to very little terrestrial radio. It's almost now exclusively podcasts. And one of the great things about the podcast in particular is you don't have to listen through all those commercials. So you really just get the content that you want to listen to. And you know, I find that many people you know, share uh, the concerns uh, that I have about life and the things I listen to, I find that I can apply to the lives of my clients. So you know, we could listen and we can learn from each other. And hopefully when people listen to this podcast, they could learn a little bit about their financial life and pass it on to their their friends and their relatives and be better off for it. Yes, we certainly hope you do. And we don't want this to be a stale podcast. It's an ongoing, evolving thing. And quite frankly, we want you to be a part of it. And that's why we're going to try from time to time to take your questions and feature them right here on the podcast. So as you listen to each episode, if there's something that's just on your brain that you you know keep coming back to and want to know more about, if you've got a personal issue you're going through, submit a question to us. You know, There's a contact form on Don's website. Again, that's donaldcash.com. Or you can email him, don at donaldcash.com, quite simply. And so you can go to that website, submit a question. And hey, if you're nervous, we can even change your name to protect your identity. But we'd love to hear from you and we'd love to have you as a part of this podcast in the future. Well, Don, let's kick it off. Our first topic, might as well get into it a little bit today while we have some time. I thought we could start out our first podcast talking a little bit about taxes. Absolutely. Let's do it. So... Don, as you know, we're in our first year of a new tax plan, right? A lot of folks dubbed it the Trump tax plan. And don't worry, as you're listening, we will talk about what's going on in the world around us. We'll try not to get too political, but we do want to talk about these things as they affect you. And so we're in the first year of the, the Trump tax plan now. And of course, as the primaries are slowly starting to heat up here in the next year, you'll hear more and more candidates coming out and more and more debate surrounding some of these issues. Uh, a lot of these candidates who are thinking about a run in 2020, they have their own idea of how taxes should work. And so I hope that maybe you can just help us to unpack the current tax plan and maybe what it looks like as folks are heading into April and starting to file taxes and how that might affect the average Joe out there, Don. Well, we are in the first year of filing those taxes from the uh, 2017 Trump tax plan that went into effect in 2018. And I think right now, Mark, there's like 15 candidates running for president in 2020, and they've uh, discussed some changes they want to make right away to the tax plan. And some of it 
is related to raising taxes to a higher level. So uh, right now I find that, you know, here we are in the beginning of April and, you know, people are still working on finalizing their tax return for that new tax code. And they only have about two weeks left or less than that to get that done. But here in New Jersey, the big controversy that's surrounding the, the tax change is the cap on state and local income taxes of $10,000. We're certainly one of the highest tax states in the nation. And that was, that was a big hit on a lot of itemized taxes, Mark, that you know, here we are in New Jersey, just the property taxes alone can be well over $10,000 a year. Some people are paying fifteen dollars or $20,000, not to mention their other taxes um, like their state income taxes. So again, that was a big change. However, what people fail to realize is that for many taxpayers, there's something called the AMT, which is an alternative minimum tax that eliminated a lot of these deductions anyway prior to 2018. So going forward now, that alternative minimum tax, which was a tax that was put in the code around 1969, I believe, to make sure that people didn't avoid taxes, hit so many people, particularly people that were living in New Jersey, that, as I mentioned, people were losing their deductions and exemptions anyway. So that's been adjusted to affect far fewer taxpayers. In addition, there are still seven federal tax brackets and each rate, each tax bracket was reduced by a few percent and also the brackets were adjusted. So really, even with that loss of deductions, many people are better off, Mark, because the tax brackets were changed, the rates were reduced, and that alternative minimum tax was largely eliminated for many people. So there were certainly those I'm seeing here from speaking with different accountants that are paying more, but I'm hearing for the most part that many are paying less. But here's the big issue, and this is an issue that all these candidates are going to have to deal with at some point in the future. We have large deficits and big debt. So that is the large problem going forward. There's about a $22 trillion national debt. And it's really very much a spending problem. The government takes in something like $3 trillion and spends $4 trillion. So it's hard to conceive sometimes when we're talking about numbers that large. But if you think of it this way, a stack of $10,000 is only a couple of inches thick in $1 bills. $4 trillion is like stacking money from the surface of the earth to the moon. <laughs> so think of it, like, is how vast that kind of money is. So from a spending standpoint and an income standpoint, think of it this way. If your neighbor made $3 million a year, and I know that's an unrealistic example, but just let's work with this, and spent $4 million a year, does he or she have an income problem or a spending problem? I mean, most people would say clearly a, a spending of problem. Course. So it, for the next several years, we're likely to have the current tax rates that we have. So I mentioned there's seven tax brackets. And with that large 20 plus trillion dollar debt, tax rates are likely to go up in the future at some point. And in the past, tax rates were 
over 70%. And some of these candidates are even talking about going back to those type of tax rates. So the only thing restraining that occurring is our form of government, right? So we have the executive branch, we have the legislative and the judicial. Right now, the legislative branch is held by the Republicans and the Democrats. The Republicans hold the Senate very narrowly, and the Democrats hold the, the House of Representatives. So if these rates go up, then we're going to have an issue with a lot of the assets that we have in the portfolio. So when someone has a traditional IRA or a 401k, they own an asset that will be taxed at some point. Sooner or later, it's going to be taxed. So here's the question. Why not convert some of that traditional IRA money to a Roth IRA? And the Roth IRA is never taxed. Well, and my question there, my follow-up, of course, is going to be, what's the catch, right? Why not? Why shouldn't everybody just do this? Well, that's the classic question. So it's not right for everyone, but you know, here's the catch, if you will. You have to pay the tax now, and that's the difficulty for many people. They don't want to pay that tax. They keep putting it off, and that account gets deferred and deferred and deferred, but eventually the tax will get paid. So the idea is to pay the tax now at the lower rates. As I mentioned, the, the seven tax brackets have been adjusted where the rates are lower and the brackets are more favorable. So the money will grow tax-free in that Roth account once we pay the tax. And it's tax-free for our life as well as the life of our heirs, typically the kids. So the one benefit besides the tax-free benefit, the other substantial benefit is many people realize once you hit a certain age and it's 70 and a half, don't ask me why the, the uh, IRS picked that age, but 70 and a half, at that age, it's required to take money out of the IRA and start paying taxes. So at that point, there's what's called a required minimum distribution. So once funds are in an, a Roth IRA, there is no required minimum distribution. So there's more time for the money to grow. There's more money to grow compounded tax-free. And here's the other benefit. Once we pass that money on, and often there are funds left for our kids, the money is tax-free for them for the remainder of their lives if they do it properly, if they take the distribution properly. So that is a big benefit that I'm sharing with clients because today we are in what I call sort of the golden age of social security, Mark. The benefits have not been cut yet. And I say yet because the people in the next generation, those now that are in their 20s and 30s, maybe even their 40s, I think are going to see a change in their social security, the amount of income they receive is just likely not going to be quite as good as the income that we receive. So the money in these Roth accounts can really represent a nice legacy for the next generation and a tax-free legacy to boot. So we end up actually lowering, ironically, by doing this, by having the, the Roth IRA converted now we end up lowering the federal deficit because the taxes are going into the, the federal coffers now, and we benefit by not having to pay taxes on the money in the future. 
And also speaking of the kids and the next generation, you know, here's an opportunity for a Roth IRA for a younger person. And I'm thinking of maybe kids or grandkids who are in their 20s or even their teens. If you think of someone at that age, often their income is quite low. As I mentioned, I have a couple of kids that are college students and they're working their way through school and they earn a modest amount of money during the course of the year. But the income that they earn, it's really not beneficial for them to have a traditional IRA because there's not enough taxes being paid that's going to be offset by an IRA deduction. So here's the thought. Have the younger people fund a Roth IRA. There's no deduction for the Roth IRA being funded. But then again, they don't need one because their income is so low. With that money in the Roth IRA account for a young person, let's say, for example, if they're 20 years old, if that compounds over 30 or 40 years, it's a tremendous amount of money that will come back to them tax-free. And often the question becomes, well, what if I need the money? If I have that, if I have uh, three or $4,000 a year going into a Roth IRA and I'm 18 or 20 or 22 years old, well, the way the rules work, you can take back your contributions if need be without penalty. However, the earnings you really can't touch until at least age 59 and a half. So that's a, a really a, a good idea for someone who's young that wants to fund a retirement account. The traditional IRA doesn't give them any tax advantage, but the Roth allows the money to go in and grow tax-free for many, many years and give them that tax-free benefit down the road over time when they need to draw income. How about that, Mark? Certainly sounds like an interesting strategy. And of course, if you'd like more information on that, you can reach out to Don and his team. We'll give out his number a little bit later on in the podcast. Thanks for sharing that, Don. It really will be interesting to see what happens, both in the political climate of our nation and then, you know, as those issues affect us, right? Specifically in regards to taxes, I know each candidate has their own idea of how they would like to see the government operate as it pertains to spending and taxes. And so certainly I'd I'd have to assume that right now we are at an all-time low, believe it or not, when it comes to tax rates. And so that's why tax planning for the future is such an important element of retirement. Let's take a question now from the mailbag. So as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. And so we're going to pull questions out of our mailbag. Now, of course, you don't write in old school in the mail, but you can email your questions to us. And we want to kick it off with a question we got from Gretchen recently this week. This question comes to us from Gretchen, and she is in Colts Neck, New Jersey. Now, Gretchen writes in and says, I inherited a lot of stocks and mutual funds from a relative recently. A friend who trades stocks told me that I'd have to pay taxes on them because we don't know the beginning price for these investments. They're old and they weren't tracked then, I guess, she says. So he, the friend, the stockbroker friend, this stock trader, he said it would all be treated as gains and I'm going to have a huge tax bill on my hands. And then she asked quite simply, Don, does this sound right? Well, actually, Gretchen, your friend is wrong. And this is a, a good <laughs> well, reason actually, not to no, take financial doesn't. advice from friends. The way that tax on inherited stocks is worth is, um, let's say, the, for example, the uh, individual passed away January 1st, and, and you inherited the account, and 
by the time April 1st rolled around, you were able to uh, sell the stocks, if they were stocks in this example, then the basis or the gain start date, if you will, would be the date of death. So whatever the price was for those shares and assuming they were accumulated over decades, which does occur from time to time, which is a is really a nightmare to try to ascertain what the original cost of the stocks were, that is really not relevant. So once we have that known date of death, we look at the value at that date. And if there's a gain between January 1st and April 1st, then that's the only gain that you will have to pay taxes on. So good to know that you're not going to be hammered with huge capital gains from that point of uh, of the original purchase. Now, that being said, if you do inherit stocks or any asset in New Jersey from someone that's not your, what they call class A relative, like mom or dad typically, or spouse. So if you inherit money from a sibling or an uncle, there is an inheritance tax in New Jersey not a state tax, but an inheritance tax. So that may come into play. That's a kind of a quirky New Jersey tax that many states don't have, but there won't be any capital gains tax that goes back decades. Is that clear, Mark? I think that's quite clear. And of course, Gretchen, we can only get so specific here on the podcast. We thank you for writing in. We hope that sort of begins to answer your question. Now, Don, I know Gretchen might have more questions as a result of this. And uh, as the result of the podcast today, we've talked a lot about taxes. And some of you may be scratching your head right now, maybe have more questions for Don. What does it look like, Don, to come into your office and maybe get some of those questions answered? Well, certainly you're you're welcome to uh, call the office and make an appointment. We can sit down and and talk about what your main concerns are and you know what the issues are that you have going on in your life and get things organized and move toward the path of simplicity and clarity. I find that there's such a fog out there with the overload of information that we're bombarded with that people have a difficulty navigating through all of the issues that they have to tackle in their life, and especially as we move toward retirement. So we'll sit down and go through those issues and make sure that you feel better about the path that you're on. Well, if you'd like to reach out to Don Cash and his team at Donald W. Cash and Associates, you can reach out and give him a call. The number is 1-800-664-1183. That's 1-800-664-1183. You can come in and get a complimentary review of your situation. Just reach out to Don and indicate that you'd like to do so. And of course, you can find him online at donaldcash.com. That's donaldcash.com. Don, as always, we thank you for joining us on this inaugural podcast, and we look forward to doing many more with you. Thanks, Mark. Looking forward to it. We'll do it again next time on another edition of Your Money and Your Life. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.